All right. Well, welcome to Crosspoint Fellowship online this week. Uh, we're glad that you've joined us. We're going to finish out our series about rest this morning, and we're going to hear from Paul on that. And uh, it's going to be a great just encouragement, I think, to all of us um, as we take a look at the actual act of rest and what it means to just let go of everything, to put everything aside and just rest in him uh, with all of our minds, all of our hearts, just, you know, focusing on him. So we're going to sing a couple songs like we always do. We're going to bring back a couple songs uh, that we haven't done in a little while and teach you a new one at the end. So um, definitely hang in there with us and sing these songs with us. Um, hope, hope you feel comfortable singing in your living rooms with your family and just letting these words just um, enter your minds and cause you just to contemplate what God is doing uh, with his people these days and how he is taking care of and reaching all of us during this time of quarantine and being apart from each other. So with one voice, we all sing these songs together simultaneously from all of our homes. I think it's a beautiful thing. And so uh, let's do that now. see darkness is fading walls of fear brick by brick will come down your light will shine lifting me out of the shadows here and now my breakthrough is found I'm gonna sing my way out of the valley I'm gonna shout my way up to the mountain I will take hold of the truth of your promise I'm gonna praise I'm gonna praise I'm gonna push through till every light crumbles I'm gonna dance in the midst of the rain. I'm gonna rest in the arms of the Father. I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise your name. sound welling up from within me heaven's power calling hope to rise oh so i'm standing tall here in the strength of your victory because when shout my way up to the mountain. I will take hold of the truth of your promise. I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna push through till every light crumbles. I'm gonna dance in the midst of the rain. I'm gonna rest in the arms of the Father. I'm gonna praise, I'm going to praise your name. Through every struggle, through every time, we praise his name. Fear and depression, shame and confusion, you have to bow. Yes, you have to bow. All lesser things that demand my attention. You have to bow. You have to bow. Fear and depression, shame 
just talks about it's declaring it to our hearts to our uh, souls um, fear and depression shame and confusion you have to bow um, everything ultimately will bow to Jesus and in this time if you feel fear if you feel fear or depression like I'm, I'm I have I'm sure all of us have at some point we're ready for this to end this quarantine to end um, sometimes we just need to sing our way through it and just say you have to bow to Jesus he is in control
thank you that you are the God over all things. Um, what, what you say comes true. And when you say that sickness must go, it will go. It will obey you. Um, the uh, creation itself, we know that from the winds and the waves. When you were um, on the sea, that just a word from your voice would be enough to calm the seas around it, around that boat. And God, um, you're calming our hearts today. You're calming our spirits even now as we sing. And Lord, I know that when it is time for this sickness, this illness that's sweeping the world right now to be finished, with just a word from your voice, Lord, it will be done. And I pray, Lord, that um, we would have patience, that we would trust you during this time, and that we would know that you are in control. God, we rest in you. Help us to find moments of of peace and of, of Sabbath rest during this time, God. We open up our, our uh, Bibles to you now and, our, and read your word together now. Um, Lord, just let Paul speak to us and let us respond. In your name I pray. Amen. Good morning, Facebook world. We are so glad that you have chosen to join us this morning. Uh, we are in our last week of our series, Rest, Finding God in Troubled Times. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired. I am tired of being stuck at home. I'm tired of constantly worrying. I'm tired of my kids only speaking at one volume. I'm just tired. Now, seemingly I have a lot more time on my hands, but I feel more drained than I normally do. I feel like my brain never stops. I'm always on high alert and I'm tired. And listen, I know that I am suffering. I don't even want to use the word suffering because compared to so many in our world today, I have it very cush. People are losing loved ones, and I'm tired of hearing that. I'm, I'm tired of people being in pain. I'm tired of people suffering. I'm tired of seeing my neighbors struggle. Uh, I, I'm just tired of all of it, and I am ready for this to be over, and, and I need rest. So often in life, we have times where we get this way, right, where we are just drained. Maybe we're working nonstop. Uh, maybe we're stuck at home nonstop and just our circumstances drain us and uh, we just feel like man we can't catch up we can't get any rest and we're ready for it to to be over well prolonged burdens big or small will slowly wear away at our wellness and so it's important for us to be able to combat that and and to be able to find rest during those times in our life now we're going to be talk about we're going to be talking about some tangible ways that we can um, find rest during troubled times, where we can find rest uh, in the midst of burden, where we can find rest in the midst of toil, where we can find rest when, when we just have to absolutely have it. And hopefully some of the things we talk about, we can prevent ourselves from ever getting to this point in the first place. But first, let's look at some scripture, a little encouragement. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right, let's exegete 
do a little exegesis, break down the scripture. Now, these verses are in direct opposition to earlier verses we see in the same chapter in verse 16 through 19. I'm not going to read those, but you can look those up on your own. But what happens in those verses is Jesus, he, he kind of chastises the people for their childish reactions to the world. Talks about how, you know, we're always out there looking for earthly satisfaction. Uh, we're looking for life um, and energy based on the things that we do in this world. You know, I played the tambourine and I danced and you didn't cheer me on. Uh, that's kind of the gist of those verses. And, and he compares the people, if I haven't already said this, to children, right? In the way that they are, are looking for enjoyment. Now, we we count so often on earthly sources of joy. And I don't know about you, but you've probably noticed that you're always left wanting. Every time we look for satisfaction and joy and fulfillment in an earthly source, it's never quite enough, right? We think, oh, if I get this new job, then I'll finally be happy. Or if I, we get this house or I get that vehicle or uh, if I could just get this bonus or this raise at work or if my husband or my wife would just tell me I did a good job or whatever else, we feel like, oh, that, that will bring fulfillment. And listen, that will bring temporary joy, but there's nothing about those things that are going to sustain us. And I'm looking for sustenance. I, I want something that's going to take us through these times in life and, and sustain us throughout. And there's only one source that can really give us that fulfillment, that can really give us that rest. And that source is God. What happens when we look at, at the earth for fulfillment is first we're left disappointed and then we're left wanting. We're disappointed that, that what we thought was going to make us happy didn't make us happy. And then we're always searching for that next best thing. And it's just this cycle that we fall into where we're always searching for that next best thing. We just never quite get it. Now that process would wear anyone down. And so in verse 28 through 30, Jesus offers a new way. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. It literally is those who are tired from hard toil. If you go back to the Greek, those who are tired from hard toil and those who are loaded down. I want you to think of that image, imagery right now. Think about just having to, to carry a weight around all day. Those of you that have kids, you, you know, I consider myself a big, strong guy, but Man, I carry my kid around for 15, 20 minutes and all of a sudden I'm feeling like I just need a, a nap. I need a break, right? But when we carry around the, these weights and these burdens in our life, like so many of us are doing right now, it just wears us down and it tires us out. But Jesus is here to offer us rest, a, a brand new way to look at things. And how do we, how do we correct this? How do we find this rest? Because a lot of the time it happens because our priorities are out of whack, right? Our priorities are out of whack. So how do we correct this? Well, Jesus says it's fairly simple. You put on his yoke. You put on his yoke. Now he's literally talking about a yoke that you would put on a big farm animal. In this day and age, you put the yoke around your oxen and you plow the field. And it allows a little tiny person to control these big, giant animals, Sometimes our desires, when, when they go unchecked, can just trample the earth. They can just trample the earth. When we're looking to do things our way, it can lead us down so many wrong paths. My mom used to compare me when I was younger to a bull in a china closet. She said I was so rough. I just traipsed through the house, bouncing off things and breaking things and kind of leaving destruction in my way. Well, a lot of times when we're looking for earthly joy and we're looking for rest and life and satisfaction and things here like our job or even another person or money or, or whatever else you might put out there, even our health and well-being, when we're looking for that to sustain us, we're only going to be happy if that happens and, and we let our will go unchecked, then life just frankly isn't as enjoyable. So Jesus offers us a new way, put on his yoke. And by putting on the yoke of Jesus, we submit to his control and we allow him to lead us and guide us through the twists and turns of life. And his leading, which he calls gentle and humble, right? Gentle and humble. Those are two things that, that 
you could never be criticized for. No one's ever going to say, well, he's too gentle in the way that he deals with people. Or man, I, I wish that he was less humble, right? That, that, that doesn't even compute. That, that will never be a thing. So if we take on Jesus' yoke, his leading and his direction, which he does with humility and with gentleness, then all of a sudden life seems to just ease a little bit. Christ, who was God himself, submitted to, to the yoke of his father, right? And it led him even to his death on a cross, but his, his life was filled with so much more joy because he submitted to the will of the father because he allowed himself to be guided through life. And because he submitted so purely to the will of the Father, he avoided sin. He avoided sin. It made things easier on him. You know, Christ offers a switch. Our yoke, heavy and burdensome for his. Light and easy. Rest for our souls. This switch for sin, for salvation, a, a brand new way. See, God doesn't want you to live life that is only toil and burden. I'm not saying that those things will not be a part of the life that you live, but God doesn't want life to be just that. He doesn't want life to be just that. We're going to experience those things, but God wants so much more for us. And so Part of the thing that he has implemented for us, part of the thing that he has commanded that we do is find rest. And so we're going to talk about some practical things that we can do to find rest during this troubled time or any troubled time for that matter. And so the first thing that I'm going to tell us to do, the first thing that I think will help ease our burden is this, talk about it. Talk about it. None of us should ever carry any burden in life alone, ever, ever ever. It's our job to, to love and be compassionate and caring and to help others through the struggles that they have in life. And that help should be reciprocal, right? As we help others, they help us. Burdens that become too much for a single person to bear all of a sudden become bearable when we share that load. And so we need to talk about it. You know, talk to your best girlfriend, talk to a parent, talk to your spouse, talk to a coworker. But but don't hold it all in. Don't think that you have to do it all by yourself. And here maybe is the most important thing, talk to God. Talk to God. Prayer. Okay, let's look at what the Bible says about talking to God about our burdens. First in Psalm 55:22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteousness to be moved. Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. And then 1 Peter 5, 7, which we will revisit as we talked about earlier in the series. Casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Let's talk about talking to others, right? Because we, hey, if sharing the load with one makes it that much easier, how about sharing the load with many? So let's talk about how we can talk to other people. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. James five sixteen. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. See, in these times in life when we struggle, we should be praying for one another. We should be praying for one another. And you know how much more powerful it would be if we could pray for specific needs. It's why we've tried to do things like the Echo Prayer app and the band group where we ask for weekly prayer requests because, man, if you're struggling with something, it gets so much easier when you share that burden with others. And it's being proactive to have others pray for that need. To, to, to have others have the ear of the Lord on your request, on, on your behalf. It just makes life so much more endurable. 
1 Corinthians 12, 26, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. You see, one of the things that we have to get rid of in life is me. Me. That's part of taking on the yoke of Jesus. It's, it's ridding yourself of you, uh, of getting rid of your selfish desires, of getting rid of your self-centeredness and, and your concern for only you. As members of the church, Big C Church, as members of the body of Christ, when one person suffers, we should all be suffering with them. When one person feels pain, we should have the empathy to feel that pain as well. And no, it's not our pain. And no, we don't necessarily understand exactly what they're going through. But man, our heart should be with those people. And we should be praying for those people. And we should be seeking ways to share the burden with those people. Because in doing so, it allows people to find rest from their toil. It, it, it allows people to find rest from the just craziness and the out of control of life. And we need that. We need that. The second practical tool that we can use to help us find rest during any troubled time. And listen, this is kind of like one of those that I think is a preemptive tool, that if we would do this on a regular basis, it would kind of keep us away from that place where we are always feeling like we are drained. It'll keep us away from that place where we just want to give up. It'll keep us away from that place where we're burned out. If we can just do this thing, and it's this, have a quiet time. Have a quiet time. And it's not rocket science. It's exactly what it sounds like. Seclude yourself and be quiet. Be quiet. Maybe you pray. Maybe you read some scripture. But then ask God to speak with you and get out of the way. Meditate. Focus on deep breathing. Just find some time for stillness. In the hustle and bustle of life, we're always going somewhere, right? You're going to a kids practice or a kids recital. You've got to go to work. Then you've got to go to the grocery store. Then you've got to come home and make dinner. And then it's bath time. And then it's bedtime. And then it's all over again. And it's just from one thing to the next. It's from one station to the next. Sometimes just life in general, just normal life, our normal routine becomes too much to bear. Sometimes our normal routine is what's draining us. And so the thing that we can do to kind of pump the brakes to, to refresh, to just take a deep breath is to have a quiet time. Remove all your distractions. No phone, no TV, no kids. Parents, you may have to take shifts. You may have to take shifts. Just you and silence. Just you and silence and God. But that quiet time you'll find will recharge your batteries in a way that you didn't really know was possible. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Just be still and know that I am God. Be still in this time and know that he is in control. Be still in this time and know that he has got your back. Be still in this time and know that no matter what happens, God is bigger than our issue. God is bigger than our issue. God is bigger than our trial. God is bigger than our temptation. God is bigger than our sin. God is bigger than our frustration. God is bigger than fill in the blank. But just be still and know that he is God. John 6, 24 or Job 6.24, sorry. This is an instance where Job is telling God, hey, my complaint, my complaint is valid. My complaint is valid. Me being upset, it's valid. I've lost everything and I didn't do anything to deserve it and, and that's valid. And if you know the story of Job, you know that later God is kind of like, Job, how dare you speak to me that way? I'm God, right? Like, don't tell me what, you deserve or don't deserve or what's valid and what's invalid. That, that's my decision to make. 
Okay, you just put on my yoke and let me lead you through this life. But in the midst of him telling God that, that his complaint is valid, that, that him living in this terrible, awful time, sound familiar, and, and he doesn't deserve it and he shouldn't be, is valid. I feel like a lot of us out there maybe feel that way. We, didn't, we don't really feel like we've done anything to, to deserve this, to be cooped up to seeing friends and family members die, to, to have to be worried nonstop about being sick. Like A lot of us would say, man, we don't deserve this. But who are we to tell God what we do and don't deserve or, or to tell God you know, what he should take away or, or give or anything else? A lot of us feel that way. But then Job says this, in the midst of his, I'm righteous, I, I, I don't deserve this, my complaint is valid, he says this, teach me and I will be silent. Teach me and I will be silent. Make me understand how I have gone astray. Make me understand how I have gone astray. You see, the best lessons oftentimes come when we ask God to speak to us and then we just shut our mouths. When we ask God to, to speak to us and we just shut up. When we ask God to speak to us and we just say, God, whatever you say to me right now, I am going to listen to. I'm not going to fight back. I'm not going to be combative. I'm not going to say, yeah, but just teach me and I will listen. Teach me and I will be silent. And then Mark 1, 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and he went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. Now, this verse is a verse about Jesus. And the reason I bring up this verse is because there's so many like it in the New Testament. You see, Jesus, when he faced times of extreme trial or when he was just weary from his normal day's activities or when he was exhausted from healing and preaching and doing all those other things, you know what he did? He had a quiet time. He secluded himself and he prayed. He found a quiet place over and over again and he prayed and he found silence and he found peace. And if it's good enough for Jesus, then come on. If it's good enough for Jesus, then come on. If Jesus needed this, then come on. Mark 4, 35 through 40, I'm not going to read it, but... Jesus tells his disciples that they're going to leave the crowds behind and go to the other side. See, so go to the other side of the sea. They had just got done feeding the 5,000 and, and, and Jesus, being tired, being exhausted, says, hey guys, the crowds have been following us. We've been preaching and teaching all this time and, and we're just going to go to the other side. We are going to go to the other side. We're going to seclude ourselves. We're going to get away from it all. And we're just going to have some time to rest. We're going to have some time to rest. In Matthew 14, again, not going to read this, so stuff for you to look up. After the news of, beheaded, of, of the beheading of John the Baptist, Jesus sends his disciples again out ahead of him and then goes and finds seclusion and prays. It's a time for him to, to mourn John the Baptist. It's a time for him to, to pray to God. It's a time for him to recharge his battery. So we see two instances here. We see Jesus seeking out this quiet time after just a, a day's activities of, of working, of healing and, and ministering and just being tired and needing rest. And then we see Jesus go after the loss of a loved one in a time of sorrow and he just pumps the brakes and secludes himself and goes and prays. And then probably the ultimate example, right before Jesus is led to the cross, what does he do? He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and, and he secludes himself and he prays. And he has some time, some quiet time with just him and God, with just him and God. If Christ needed these times, don't you think you do too? If Christ being ultimately God, needed time to rest. Don't you think you do too? What did God do after he created the earth? Six days, he, he worked, he created everything around us. And then what did he do? He rested. He rested. And that brings me to my next point. Take a Sabbath. Take a Sabbath. Exodus 28 
Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. See, if God commanded us to spend an entire day on rest, it must be important. If God commanded us to abstain from work, because that's really what Sabbath is. It's an abstinence from work. If God commanded us to do that, then don't you think it's important? It's something that we should be focusing on. I try to make this point right here of, of taking a Sabbath two to three times a year. Two to three times a year because it's so important. It's so important. And it's something that we should be doing weekly. Now, does this mean that we string up a hammock and we just lay down for an entire day and not do anything? It could. It could. It very well could. But it doesn't necessarily mean either that you just have to sit on your hands and literally do nothing. But what you shouldn't be doing is working. Abstain from work. So do something that gives you life. Do something that brings you joy. For me, it's fishing. For me, it's fishing. I love to fish. I will fish anywhere, any time of day. I'm anybody of water that has fish in it. I'll go to a lake. I'll go to a pond. I'll go to a river. If I think there's a fish in a gutter, I'll fish there too. It brings me joy. It brings me life. It helps me to recharge my batteries. I'm out in nature with God. I spend that time praying. Some of the best sermons I've ever written, not saying that any of them are great, have, have been written and composed on the water. Because for me, it's just a time where I'm not working and usually I'm with a good friend and we're just recharging and, and we're having a, a good time and I'm seeing the sun and, and I'm on the water. And, and for me, that, that's something that gives me life. But maybe for you, it, that's not it and that's okay. Crochet, play video games, um, jam out, read, write, bake, fill in the activity something to you that isn't work, something to you that brings joy and, 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 and recharges your batteries and helps you feel rested at the end of the day. Something that at the end of the day, when you're completed with, you say, man, I'm sure glad I did that. I'm sure glad I did that. But it's important for us to keep a Sabbath. Okay, it's important for us to keep a Sabbath, to abstain from work. Now, don't do that when you're supposed to be at work, okay? Don't do that when you're supposed to be at work. Sorry, boss, I'm taking my Sabbath. I can't get that report to you. No. But cut out, carve out some time in your life weekly that you know that you will have where you're doing something that is just going to bring you joy and bring you life. Take a break from all your responsibilities and everything that's occupying your mind. Because at the end of the day, Rest is commanded by God. And I think we all know that in just normal times, we need it. So in times like these where there's that extra level of stress and there's that extra level of, of, of heightened mental awareness and where we're just constantly in our minds about what we have to do next and how we're going to survive this and everything else. And listen, you can apply this to all sorts of situations throughout life. Man, we have to have rest. We have to have rest. And we will find that rest at the feet of Jesus. In those times when we are quiet and still and when we just listen. And when we are abstaining from work and enjoying one of the many great gifts that God has given us to enjoy here on this earth. My prayer for you is that in every trial in life, during every burdensome time, that you'll share that with others, that you won't go it alone, that you'll lean on God and your friends and your church family and your family, and that you will just find a way to get some quietness and some rest and a way to recharge your batteries. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I, I just pray that you would give us clarity on this matter, that you would help all of us feel convicted in our hearts to find a time to rest.
to find a time to just put everything else aside and focus on getting well and focus on you. Help us in these times, Lord, to to be still and to listen and to be thankful and to experience joy in life. Help us to encourage our friends and our family and our loved ones and our wives and our husbands to seek these times out. Because we are not energizer bunnies who can just go and go and go and go. And if Jesus wasn't, if Jesus, the absolute epitome of man, wasn't able to just go without finding times of rest, then God, neither are we. Lord, we pray for your provision and your healing in this time, not just for the members of this church, not just for the city of Republic, the state of Missouri, our nation, but the entire world. God, we just pray that your hand be over the universe right now, God, and be over our day-to-day lives. Help us to cast our troubles and our cares at your feet. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Your word is 
teach you a new song um, to finish things out this morning. Um, it's a song that has been uh, very special to, to several of us in the band as we've been kind of listening to some so- new songs during this time of quarantine. And one that's really latched on to me um, is a song called Faithful Now. And we're going to be uh, teaching you that song this morning. Basically, the, the message of the, the song is very simple. It's God is always faithful. Um, the, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he has been faithful in the past, we have no reason to believe that he's not faithful now and in the future. So um, we'll sing this song um, and we just encourage you just to jump in and, and learn it and sing it with us now.
and we expect you to move because you always have and you always will. Um, when your people have needed you the most, that's when you've been there. Um, and God, we ask that you move in hearts today. Lord, whatever uh, anxiety uh, some people are feeling today, Lord, wash it away. Uh, help us to have those quiet times every day uh, to just shut out the world and to shut our minds off and to focus on you and your promises and, and your love and your, your peace, everything that we need today. God, I pray, Lord, that um, a world that is seeking things other than you would maybe during this time fall on their knees and, and seek out the one who can bring, truly bring peace to our souls. Um, help us to share that, that good news, that message with people this week and help us to rest, find moments of Sabbath rest in you. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. Uh, continue to work in us this week, every day. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you guys and we hope you have a great week.